Hammer, and ahoy there, me mateys. This be your old pal, Gravy Jones, from Gravy Jones Locker, here in Columbia, South Carolina. We've been dry docked, as it were, what with all this talk about coronas and such, and labeled as non-essential, as if serving up over a hundred varieties of tasty sweet meat drippings could ever be non-essential, But that doesn't mean we be closed for business, no, ye land lovers. Why, we be having our very own curbside service available. That's right, just pull up your car, on up, roll down one of your windows, we bit, honk twice, only twice, and chuck about $10 worth of cash out your window. We also accept the balloons. And we'll put a hose right up to your vehicle and top you off with our gravy du jour. Yar. Be it biscuits or meat, rice, pilaf, or anchee, don't be off your rocker. Still to Ruby Jones Locker! <laughs> and remember, Wednesdays are SOS Day. Jibe ho! <laughs> What's a jibe? The Swarmcast Podcast is recorded, mixed, and produced on the poop deck of Ruby Jones Locker in the heart of Columbia, South Carolina. On the show, we talk about the gaming hobby and random fandom. Opinions on this show are... Uh, I used to uh, kind of hate it growing up, but now I'm uh, I'm okay with it. It's, it's, so I'm, okay. I'm Toast, your cobalt announcer. And now, prepare to delve into the mind of your host, John Minas! Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Swarmcast Podcast. It's me, John. Look, I know we've been on a little break for a bit there, but, uh, you know, we had to get our thoughts together and some stuff, and, uh, um... Let me slip away. Toast. Toast. Let me slip Toast. Toast. Against the... What? What? What are you doing? Well, I saw the guest list, and I was writing down a couple of questions for them. Yeah. You're going to ask them some questions. Yeah. Well, I mean, why not? Well, I mean, okay, well, look, like, Kurt Covert is <laughs> still a little traumatized from the last time he was on. Nah, he can take it. Right, Kurt? Besides, uh, I have some good questions for our guest. Uh, speaking of which... Mm-hmm. What? Well, our guest on the show is with Vindicated yeah. Entertainment... Well, we usually have Shades of Vengeance on. Is that some sort of typo? No, 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 no. No, it's legit. And, um, uh, hey, everybody. We have Vindicated Entertainment coming on to talk about Otherworld's Kickstarter and Toast. What are you doing? Uh, (laughs) Nothing. Nothing that'll pay off in this episode, at least. (laughs) Wait, wait, what do you mean? How's that? Hmm? Oh, uh... (laughs) Uh, you don't, you don't need to worry about it. <laughs> okay, well, um, uh, surprise, everybody. Hey, our guests, um, right. here's our show. Enjoy it. I'm out of here. That's, that's great. Ooh, element zero. <laughs> We got a guest, got a guest. I admit that I'm impressed since I'm how tricks someone legit to come and sit and talk some stuff. Stuff. <laughs> All right, Swarmcast listeners, uh, we've got something very different this time. Normally we would have a games from around the world or, or such, but this time we didn't actually have to go very, very far. This, this person we're going to bring on last time we spoke with him, because yes, he was on the show once before was June 1st of 2016. And like I always say, uh, it's good to catch back up with people every five years or so. Sure, that's a thing I say. Anyways, uh, joining us now from Vindicated Entertainment is Vincent Baker. How's it going, Vincent? 
it's going great. Happy to be here. Uh, just to make it clear to everyone listening, I'm not the super cool Vincent Baker that, you know, did a apocalypse world, but I, I am cool. You know, like I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm fine, you know, uh, but I just want to make that clear because there is a little bit of confusion. He's Vincent D. Baker, but, you know, just want to throw that out there. And also, wow, I knew I was on here before, but I had completely forgotten <laughs> it was 2016. That is insane. <laughs> I need to come back uh, way sooner than five years. That, <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> why why it took so long. <laughs> well, it's it's me. It's it, I I am super bad about remembering to like reach out to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you coming to us from? I'm from South Carolina, and uh, I I was born and raised here. Uh, I'm still here. I moved cities, uh, so I'm in a nicer nicer area in South Carolina. But yeah, I've been here my entire life. Uh, I used to uh, kind of hate it growing up, but now I'm uh, I'm okay with it. It's 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 been it's been nice to me, you know, in my adult years. So I'm okay with it. That's the South Carolina um, state motto. I used to hate it, but now I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the motto for most people, but that's certainly, <laughs> that's certainly my motto. But yeah, you said you said it's a a rare thing though, right? Like most people on the show aren't from South Carolina. Yeah, most most of the the folks we get are from. Um, Gosh, where from Washington State or Texas or Minnesota or, or someplace like that. Gotcha. Well, I'm happy to represent here for South Carolina. Vincent, one of the reasons we, we got you on the show is because you have an exciting thing that, you, that you're that um, you getting ready to bring to Kickstart. Something that, uh, while some people might think is new, is not new at all. Uh, in fact, I think you talked with, I think you mentioned it on our 2016 interview. Um, and it's probably, old, in fact, I know it's older than that. And that is an RPG of yours called Otherworlds. Yeah, so Otherworlds is over a decade old at this point. This is the 11th year. Uh, we've been getting a lot of uh, requests from people that enjoy Otherworlds to release, uh, you know, like a, a nice fully sized coral boat with everything intact. We have the rules up. We have like the character creation we have, but we don't have uh, some, some things that people have been asking for. So I'm going to put it all in one nice package. We're going to put it up on Kickstarter and we're looking at the launch date being June 15th, but go ahead. And I'm sure that we can have a link uh, down below where uh, you can go ahead and follow the project. So whenever it goes live, uh, you'll be able to get notified and you can check it out for yourself. Very cool. Why don't you tell us some about your RPG experience and, and what led you to create this game? Yeah, so I grew up sort of doing the whole tabletop RPG thing without knowing what tabletop RPGs were. My sister and I played a lot of Mario, like the original Mario game and a lot of uh, you know retro games like that. And uh, we love playing those video games, but the one thing that really bummed me out was... I I felt like they had cool characters and, and, and cool things going on. You know, it's like, what's what's these mushroom people about? You know, the, the worlds look so colorful <laughs> and lively. But I had, I you know, at that time, you couldn't explore any of that. You just ran from the 2D screen from one side to another. You couldn't really explore that world. And so I actually started creating like a tabletop game where you could actually uh, move around and like create your own Mario character and like pick up, you know, find new items and gain new abilities. And I did all this from a very young age where I didn't know what tabletop RPGs were. And my sister and I would actually role play our characters. And I didn't even know what the word role playing was. It was just something that was natural as a kid. And it was natural for my sister and any of my friends that we, you know, introduced these games to. Uh, it's just, I feel like a very natural thing for, for people to have. You know, I think, you know, storytelling is as old as time. You know, people, you know, love uh, theater uh, and, and plays and acting. And it's just something that... I think that people are really missing out on that never gave tabletop role-playing games a try. And it's something that everyone needs to do. And then over time, I've sort of realized that there's a lot of tabletop role-playing games out there, like a ton of people putting them out there. And that's awesome. Uh, I think it's it's great that people that are passionate about it, it's very much a, a passion-driven industry. To, to make a tabletop role-playing game, uh, I think very, very few people do it for the money. Uh, maybe no one does it for the money. Uh, it's <laughs> it's something that you have to be passionate about because it takes a whole lot of work. And I realized that it, it what, what also makes it tough is like half the players uh, that enjoy these games are like super laid back. 
which is cool because they'll play basically anything, but also because they're laid back and they're, they, they don't really mind what they're playing, they'll just sort of gravitate to whatever's easiest. So they'll sort of gravitate towards like usually Dungeons and Dragons because that's like the mo- that's like the most widely accepted thing and more, most popular thing that's easy to find in right. game stores, uh, things like that. So it's hard to get the laid back players because they're, they're not going to have the initiative to want to jump into like an indie RPG. And then you have the people that are on the other side, which are extremely picky. You know, they, they, they want every, they know all, all the tabletop role-playing games. They know all the systems, all the mechanics. Uh, they have a, a dice preference. They have a preference for grids or no grids. They have a preference for, you know, how things are laid out. They have a, a preference for how, um, how the roles are determined and like success and all that stuff. So it's like people can uh, basically look at your tabletop role playing game and then have like this kind of mental checklist. And if you don't meet all the criteria, then they just throw yours out, which I mean, makes sense. Cause it's, in, I mean, there's so much competition that you're going with as well. Um, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just like a thought that I had recently. Like I probably just had that thought like last week. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of one of those picky people myself, though, uh, and that's why I ended up making my own tabletop role-playing game. I just felt like there wasn't something out there that kind of catered towards my silliness and my, like, dark humor. So I wanted something that, like, could be silly and didn't take itself serious if it didn't want to. It was colorful, fun, just you could kind of create whatever you wanted, and it was a good time, but it wasn't afraid to have some emotional moments or some uh, some dark humor uh, thrown in there or... You know, like you can have I love I love the idea of of marrying the concepts of like levity and fun mixed with like dark and and emotion and tension, because I feel like there's a lot of tabletop RPGs on the market that are very somber, very dark, very like, oh, like you're going to die. Your character's going to die. They're, they might lose their arm, might lose their leg. Uh, but it's, it's written. Oh, yeah. 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 It's written to be this just very uh, kind of like uh <laughs> Like Bloodborne, you know, or like uh, Dark Souls, you know, kind of that oh, style. Gosh. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, by the way. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. But I, I see a lot of RPGs with that sort of tone. But, but you I, gotta I, be in the mood for that. Yeah, you have to be in the mood for it. And, and I, I like something yeah. that looks like it is not going to be dark, uh, but it is. And it doesn't mean, I'm not saying that Other Worlds is explicitly dark. I'm just saying that me as a person is very much inspired by things that are silly and things that are dark. So naturally, things that will be thrown in there uh, will kind of cater towards those things. Um, that's just okay. what I personally uh, like. What's the kind of the, the theme or the, uh, I don't want to say genre, because because I I get the impression that Otherworlds is kind of genre spanning. Uh, it is, what's, yeah. What's sort of the, yeah, what's sort of the theme of Otherworlds? Yeah, so as as you can tell, you could sort of play it with it, whatever genre you want. Uh, I'd say your sort of baseline genre is it is your kind of like fantasy adventure. I like to say it's like 75% fantasy adventure, 25% sci-fi elements. Uh, that's why I call it future fantasy instead of science fantasy. Okay. I sometimes throw in science fantasy because people understand that more, I think. But uh, when right. people hear science fantasy, I think they get the idea of like Star Trek with magic, but that's not really... What it is, it's more like if you had uh, Dungeons and Dragons with some like technology spliced into the worlds and, and spliced into the lore of what like why that's the case. Okay, so it, it's a little bit inverse. And I know you're a big fan of uh, Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's one of the few games that has that sort of uh, tone, and it, and it's not in every Final Fantasy game, but like you know seven, right, um, right. eight, you know, a lot of those games have like a very like fantasy adventure at their core. Uh, but they're not afraid to, you know, mix it up with some uh, some guns or some technology thrown in there as well. So it's very much. I, I'm very personally inspired by Final Fantasy because I was raised on it. Like my my dad, you know, he played uh, Final Fantasy ever since the first one, and so that's the first one he introduced to me. And I worked my way up from the first one. There's a few that I've missed playing somehow. I, I haven't played every single Final Fantasy, but I played most of them, uh, starting with one and. Uh, it's definitely a huge influence on the sort of tone and some of the themes. That's very cool. Yeah, we're a big Final Fantasy household here. Um, I don't know how many chocobos and black mages we got floating <laughs> around the house. Well, that's awesome. I mean, not to get too off topic, <laughs> but like uh, my fiance, like we we just played the Final Fantasy VII remake, and when the credits were rolling, oh, yeah. she, lo- she looked at me and she was like, and she had never played a Final Fantasy series before me, and we played fifteen together just because that had just ca- uh, come out. And then uh, we liked that together. And then Seven Remake we loved. And then she looked at me and she's like, Vincent, I want our wedding to be Final Fantasy themed. And I was like, <laughs> let's do it. Let's go for it. 
you know, that's awesome. So it definitely plays a huge, I, I'm, I'm literally staring at a Final Fantasy poster right in front of me. So it's definitely a huge influence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Final Fantasy is good too, because uh, it, it's, it's a good reference point because as a series, there's some really silly things like chocobos, or, you know, can be kind of silly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Moogles, uh, the Cactar guys, you know, where they have the weird, their arms doing that pose, they're shooting needles out everywhere. Right, right. Um, but also, I mean, the games are written so well. There's a lot of character depth. There's a lot of emotion. You know, there's uh, there's death, you know, that occurs. Uh, there's actual uh, tra- tragedy and loss. Uh, it goes to, like, very dark places sometimes. And uh, really, that's what I mean. Like, when I say that Otherworlds uh, is meant to cater towards, like, balancing, like, silliness and, like, dark themes, uh, it's just meant to... I mean, Final Fantasy is a great example of that. I know from looking at the the website and looking through all the information, basically what your characters, what the player characters themselves, the sort of the unique thing about them is they have the ability to sort of what transverse these different worlds. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's exactly where I was going to start with whenever you last asked me a question and I got on some sort of wild <laughs> tangent. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy that you followed up with that. Uh, so basically the idea is that there is this uh, this event that occurred called the Awakening. And basically with the Awakening, all these planets in the in the universe had no idea that anyone else existed. You know, they had their own fantasy world going on. You know, they had some some planets had their own uh, internal conflicts. They were at war or whatever was going on based on the world it was. Uh, but when the Awakening occurred, it was like a surge of uh, activation where each of these worlds had some uh, like ancient gates uh, that that awakened and became activated so people can walk through them and they're connected to different planets. Uh, same thing is true for uh, these relics called the Wanderer, which is sort of like this handheld uh, sort of polyhedral Rubik's Cube type thing uh, that someone can use to uh, basically travel between different worlds. That's the main mode of uh, transportation for an Otherworlder, which is uh, normally what the player would be playing. Uh, given the namesake, because mm-hmm. of the wander, you're able to travel between the worlds. Now, each wander tends to have a like a setup time and then a cooldown time, so you're not able to just use it as a means to just teleport around the battlefield or use it to where you can just go wherever you want willy nilly. Um, also, they are pretty rare, so a lot of times, what I what's recommended in the book is that you start off like perhaps without a wanderer and you work towards it. Like you form your team together. And a lot of times in other worlds in this universe, uh, people form teams and they're like, Hey, we're going to go in together. We're going to try to adventure, go on quests, earn money, try to find a wanderer while on our quest or earn enough money to purchase one. But they're so rare and expensive that we're going to have to share this. So that's, so it actually creates a a meaningful reason to have a team formed together for that sole purpose. And you can have the players, level up together uh, as a unit and get used to each other up to a certain level. And then they can acquire the wander and then go somewhere else and, and check that out to travel between a world. They have to have the right coordinates basically put into the wander. So you can't even just spam it and just go wherever you want. Like they might only have the wander set to one world. That might be the only world that they know that they can go to. And so that you can travel and explore the other world, but it's, you know, it's, it's very much about, uh, taking your time, exploring each world, and each world has enough depth to it and enough that can happen on it to where I really wanted to make it so you can have an entire campaign just set on one world. And I've actually done that several times. It's a lot of fun, and it's not a—it's not about like going to uh, a world every single week you play kind of thing. It's not like, oh, well, this time we're going to be over here on this ice planet, and this time we're going to be at the desert planet. Because hmm. when I first made Other Worlds, it was like that, um, and I realized I hated that because <laughs> uh, it, it just <laughs> it, it it just felt kind of um, it felt kind of hollow and empty. So I told myself, I said, you know what, I want to make sure that every single world uh, has enough culture and lore and depth and interesting things going on, and it feels it it feels uh, rich enough to where someone could just like, this could be the only setting and people would have fun with it and enjoy it. And I wanted to have that, have that for every single world. So I, I literally took the time fleshing out every single world as much as possible to make sure that was achievable. That's very cool. So you, you said that uh, pretty much I could play whatever kind of a character I want to play. Do the different types of worlds, is that kind of like a, does that really kind of 
I don't want to say box that in, but does that kind of really limit that to a degree or like how, how much freedom do I actually have to make my character? I actually think uh, the single coolest thing about other worlds is the character creation process. It is very flexible. Now with the, the, the worlds, they do have their own races and, you know, the different uh, things that you could expect from their world. So you might look at this world and say, okay, well, they're more likely to have, you know, the humans, the elves, the dwarves, whatever. And this world might have some unique races that you never heard of. Uh, so in a way, you might feel boxed in in, 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 a, in a certain sense. But there is a lot of uh, kind of out-of-the-box things you can do. Um, so one of the unique things to other worlds are these things called themes. And part of character creation is you get some themes to go with your character. And themes sort of replace like backgrounds and feats that you might find in other RPGs. Themes are things like animalistic. So if you choose that theme, you can say, hey, I want to be this character, but for whatever story reasons that you come up with, your character has very sharp teeth. So that that's going to make your character feel a whole lot different if you're a human, but you have like Baraka teeth from Mortal Kombat. Or you can give yourself like extra arms, or you can give yourself an extra tail. And it goes through these different like animal traits that you can acquire through that theme to make your character different. Now, I don't encourage people to do that just for the sake of doing that. I mean, of course you want to have, you want to, of course you want to have like a reason, like maybe your character was experimented on in like some, uh, in some laboratory or like maybe your character's part of a uh, secret village of like a race of uh, sort of like beast kin. Uh, and you know, they're almost wiped out, but they've been living in secrecy. You know, that's very much encouraged. Uh, but the, the same is true with a uh, cy- uh, cybernetics. Like you can be a cyborg uh, based on your theme. You can have like, a signature weapon. Like I think of uh, the show called Ruby from Rooster Teeth, and like one of their big things uh-huh. is they get to like customize their own weapons, or even like say like Squall from uh, Final Fantasy VIII, and he has the cool gun blade. Uh, there's actually a right, theme right. you can choose where you get to make your own weapon and choose how how you want it to be statted out, and then as you level up, it can level up with you. And there's like a there's like an easy to follow like simple uh, guide for that that doesn't even take up a lot of space uh, just for that. Uh, one theme Uh, and then there's also themes like for vengeance where you can choose like if you have a certain rival you know it's all about that and that sort of uh, type of storytelling there's the uh, caretaker theme uh, the charmer theme and uh, of course you have like background oriented themes like you could you know you could be the town hero the street vandal Um, so there's a lot of different layers that can happen with just the themes and then on top of that instead of having your uh, sort of archetypical classes where you're like the fighter the wizard uh, the cleric, and then you sort of know what you expect out of that. You actually get to create your own class in other worlds. There's various skill branches that form their own skill trees, and you can put together your own skill tree however you want. Uh, basically, it's compromised uh, or composed uh, of three different skill branches, and that forms your tree. Um, so, for example, if I wanted to be an assassin type character, I might have like the, you know, of course, I can have like the assassination skill tree, but I could also have the swordsmanship and then I could have deception. But someone else can go more into like shadow magic and they can go into okay uh, blood magic with that, too. So they can be more of a spell caster, like oriented assassin. And then if you mix that up with the themes, uh, they could also be like a cybernetic character that has a signature weapon. Uh, who's an assassin who has shadow magic versus uh, me, who's an assassin who specializes with my sniper rifle. I have no magical capabilities mm-hmm. whatsoever. You know, basically it makes it so we've created hundreds of characters and none of them, in my opinion, feel like close at all. I mean, at the at the very ah. at the very most, they, they feel uh, similar as if you're like, oh, OK, these two are both gunslingers or like gunslinger esque. But if you were to like look into the details, they're very different. OK, but there's just different ways to make that that gunslinger exactly and there's a lot of options for that yeah well that's very cool when you were talking about uh how some players will sit down at an rpg and go let's see does it uh hmm oh you don't use uh polyhedrals uh oh there's this uh you're not using the type of conflict resolution that i prefer that kind of thing yeah it's it's funny because when i started getting into board games i saw a lot of that type of thing with board gamers will sit there and go hmm oh this is a this has got a drafting mechanic or this is, you know, oh, this uses a, a rondelle type of setup. And I'm not a big fan of that, but it is funny because the more I got into like some in particular indie RPGs, a lot of that kind of came up as well. Mm. Um, like you had mentioned, 
which which is weird. It would, and it's not weird. It's just it's fascinating the the weird parallels between um, like board game. I don't want to say design, but board game design and RPG design. And I feel like I've gone really, really, really off topic with this particular one. It's okay. If there was a sort of just a base kind of game mechanic in your system, what would you say is kind of the the core? Yeah. Yeah. So the core of this is you roll a couple of D6s instead of a pool of D6s. Um, And there are different uh, abilities uh, slash uh, role playing uh, incentives that can add or subtract a couple of dice that you roll. Uh, and each dice does have a pretty good impact, uh, as as you might imagine. So having even just the advantage of rolling an, an additional dice or rolling an additional j- dice and choosing the highest result, that's the core mechanic. You are, uh, yeah, there's that. And there's also exploding dice. So, uh, so you can end up rolling a, a ton of dice, but definitely doesn't start off that way. Yeah, no, it's it no, it's crazy. It's tough because I've literally like pitched other worlds to people, and I will go on and on about like the story and the themes and stuff. Uh, and then they're like, "Yeah, but what about the mechanics? You know, what what about from a more systems approach?" And then I've had the opposite, where I'll mm-hmm. tell people about the system and how it works and all this stuff, and then they're like, "Okay, well, what about like what's the story? Like, why should I be engaged?" You know, so it, it is tough. It definitely is. So I liked when you mentioned before how you basically you start you can start as a group and then you 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 level your group as it were. So you and yeah. your your friends who are playing, you don't just learn about your character, but you learn about everybody's character and kind of grow from that. I like that aspect because so many times we get these games, um, especially if you're playing some sort of organized uh, gaming system like like D- Dungeons and Dragons Adventure League where you sit down at a table with with three people you've never seen before and you don't know what they're going to play, what they're playing. And it turns out you're all playing Rangers and it's like, oh, so awkward. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. Um, <laughs> what's cool is there's there's definitely things written in the book that go into like how you can make like a, a well-balanced team and what you can look for, things like that. Because, uh, I mean, one thing that you can run into other worlds is since there is a little... Uh, since it is a little bit more nebulous and since there is a little bit more creative freedom, you can end up sort of uh, stepping on each other's toes a little, a, a little bit. If you don't, if you don't look, you know, look for that, like D and D makes it simple. Where it's like, Oh, we have one Ranger. We don't need another Ranger, but in other worlds, you can technically have two people that share some overlap, but not completely overlap. And so it's it, it's like there's roles there and i actually think roles are important like there's some people that hate classes at all like they hate any sort of class system um i i like the idea of having classes sort of give a a brief sort of uh synopsis of what type of role a character would have and i don't like the idea of a character being boxed and and say like oh this is the only thing this character can do um but i do think it it helps from a team perspective and and like everyone playing to kind of know like oh well this this is our character who's like really good at like smooth talking. He's very good at resolving situations. He's the sneaky guy. You know, this one's very good about, you know, magic and, and casting spells. This one's our healer. I think it's, I think it helps because it gives everyone kind of like, it cues them in on w- when it's their time to shine and they know like sort of when to mm-hmm. lay into their character's strength. So I wanted to keep that sort of structure in other worlds while still have it where you had a, a lot of creative freedom. So it's a very tricky balance to have. Yeah, I once uh, ran a game for a party where they got stuck in some sort of dungeon or something, and uh, it's been a while, so I can't remember the details. Other than the fact that uh, no one really realized up to this point that like every character had like no intelligence at all, uh, <laughs> and they needed <laughs> intelligence to sort of solve things and get through certain areas and try to uh, you know succeed some of these checks. And they were just like, "Wait, is, is this guy seriously the smartest guy in our group? Like he has." Like the, the smartest guy had like pretty low intelligence. They're trying to rely on him and he was failing, you know, everything. And he's like, oh no. Uh, so I, I have ran into that a little bit, but uh, I know a lot of people uh, that love indie RPGs, they don't like the combat aspect of stuff. And I understand it because a lot of times it can be like uh, hit point sponges and a lot mm-hmm. of like I attack, they attack, I attack, they attack. And it feels sort of, um, it, it just feels like it, it's, it's not the... F- fun part of role playing it's like it's just sort of dragging on and on and on i am someone who likes like cool quick combat and so like one big part about other worlds and in a lot of ways the the base and stuff is is inspired by dungeon dragon some but there is some major differences and one of the one of the biggest differences 
is uh, people aren't sponges in other worlds. Uh, your, your health doesn't escalate a ton as you level up. Uh, it's more about the experience you gain and the skills that you learn uh, through your experience. And so you can become better at doing things and you can learn how to do more things, but it doesn't mean you can take a bullet to the face better. Um, and that's something that always, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, and, it, it, and it's, it's, it's part of that balance for me too. Like I love silliness. I, I love the idea of like magic and fantasy. I love the idea of, you know, characters having power. And a lot of times I feel like people feel like that's synonymous with people being overpowered or, or being able to, you know, take the bullet to the face and not, you know, uh, feel it or have uh, any problems with it. But I am actually someone who loves like uh, weightiness. And, you know, like if I see like an action scene, uh, whether it be in an anime or a game and someone's like punching someone, I love it when it, it feels like it connects and it actually deals some damage and it actually hurts. Um, and I don't like it when it just feels like it's uh, back and forth and there's no real stakes to it. Uh, so I've actually had players tell me that other worlds more than uh, a lot of RPGs that they played, they feel like uh, the S hits the fan whenever uh, combat starts. And it's uh, <laughs> it's intense. Uh, it's quick. There's a lot that happens. It's made to make you think. Uh, and I also wanted to give people interesting options as players. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that you always had something that you could do on your turn, uh, but you're not like uh, paralyzed by the amount of options you have. Uh, so it's an interesting balance for that, but I know sometimes when I talk about combat, there are definitely players that, that don't that don't like the combat aspect as much. But I just want to tell you that combat is faster than most other RPGs that focus on on combat, while still having sort of a, uh, a a strategy element to it. Because I am a fan of strategy games, but just because there's strategy and tactics involved does not mean that it has to be like risk and, and then just be this very drawn out long game. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, and of course the story is important too. Uh, one big thing that's important to me that I actually put at the front of the book, um, is it's puzzles and problems. It's that it's the idea that if your players, like say if there's a riddle that they come across in the game as the world master, uh, which is what we call our game masters in other worlds, you are encouraged to, uh, let your players come up with, you know, cool ideas and support that and say, yes, and you, and, and not say no. It's about working with them to have a collaborative storytelling process. If, if there is a riddle that, that, that's part of the story and there's a certain answer you have in mind and maybe they don't come up with that exact answer, but especially if they come up with a good answer, then it's encouraged by the game mechanics that you allow that to happen, to move the story forward, make them feel rewarded for their good uh, decisions and for their improv and for what they came up with. Like I remember in particular, uh, there was this like very powerful relic that they found uh, that my players found and it was exuding all this different energy and uh, they were struggling to get close to it because it was like hurting them or something. Long story short, uh, this like spirit showed up, was trying to guard the relic and they ended up basically doing the Guardians of the Galaxy thing from Guardians of the Galaxy 1 where they're like, we're going to like hold each other's hands, we're going to hold this, we're going to use the power from it, <laughs> channel it through our spellcaster and just blast the spirit. And that was that wasn't written, uh, but because of what I had wrote uh, written in the book about this idea that if your players come up with um, you know cool ideas and, and ways to think outside the box, then that is very much at the forefront of what I think Otherworld should be about. And so, um, if you're if you're looking for like cool story elements and creative problem solving and improv, if you're cool with it being that plus cool fast high high octane like hard-hitting punches, uh, then I think Other Worlds is, you know, up your alley. Oh, that's very cool. I like that. I like that. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate uh, re that. Reward rewarding the players for, for coming up with, with something cool, as it were. The the uh, Yeah, a lot of people refer to that as the, the rule of cool. Rule of cool. If it's cool, yep. yeah, if, it, if it's cool, let it happen. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's very much what I'm about. And uh, also, back to the character creation that I just remembered is uh, uh -huh. it most most games have character creation set up from top to bottom. And what I mean by that is you start off, you're like, okay, here's my name. Uh, I'm going to choose to play as a dwarf. I'm going to look at the classes. I'm going to be a shaman. I'll pick out these abilities. And you just move down the list. You, you just go top to the bottom. Uh, and mm -hmm. that especially makes sense when you're getting used to a system because you're not sure what all your options are. So I understand that. Uh, but it's also encouraged in other worlds that once you see everything, once you kind of go through the character creation process, it, you're actually encouraged to be able to go bottom up 
Uh, I want you to be able to imagine the character in your head if you want to. Of course, I'm not going to force you to do that. But it one thing that I <laughs> love doing is if you imagine the character that you want to play, just go from the bottom up and you're able to create like you, you imagine the character first and then you put it together using the system that's that's already there. And uh, I've, I've okay. actually taken my friends through that uh, system exactly that way. Uh, I've done it myself, of course, and uh, I've seen other people do it. And to me, that's just such an awesome thing. And I haven't seen that uh, highlighted in the same way in other RPGs. I'm sure that it is because there's so many out there. Like, I, I have definitely not seen. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I'm not claiming that any of this is entirely unique by any uh, stretch of the imagination. Um, but I do think it's at least something that isn't talked about uh, a, a lot at the very least. And um, I think the combination of choices made for other worlds is what makes it unique as a whole. So again, uh, listeners, you're going to want to go to uh, vindicatedentertainment.com and you can check. Uh, well, there's a bunch of games. There's a bunch of games out yeah. there. So Yeah, you'll see a lot. But yeah, in particular, you go there. You'll see a lot of things. <laughs> In fact, not too long ago, we did a review. We talked about Gulatine. That is correct. I was did waiting I for that? you to say it. I okay. was like, how is he going to pronounce it? But luckily, I have not heard anyone butcher the name. Well, and I, th- I think I was calling it something else uh, just a few days ago when I was talking about it with my wife. Um, gotcha. Not you did a good it job. Was like, not Gulatine. It was like, it was like, it was like Goulash or something like that. And I was like, no, wait, <laughs> Goulash is a completely, that's a different game. Yeah, the short p- pitch for anyone listening, uh, Gulatine just got kickstarted uh, like last year. I, I, I don't remember my past as well. Like I, I'm, I'm always like forward thinking. <laughs> it got kickstarted some point ago, and uh, we, we got the games in. Uh, it's, it's a really fun card game. It's cool if you like. It, it's kind of inspired by Blackjack. It's Halloween uh, themed. My fiance did all the artwork. It's absolutely amazing artwork. So. You like the idea of like uh, cool Halloween monsters for like a simple game that you can play with your family and friends. That's uh, you know very portable, easy to break out, and just have a good game. Then definitely check out Gulatine. Uh, whenever you go to Vindicate Entertainment, you'll see that you can see Spell Slingers. You can see some other games I have in the works, other games I've released. You can see um, other worlds. Uh, we also have a Twitch channel. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, we have a Patreon. We have all kinds of stuff. So just uh, check that out, explore it, uh, and be sure to let me know if you have any questions. I'm more than happy to answer uh, any emails uh, that I get or any questions I get. It's uh, it's always a, de- a a delight whenever I have someone inquiring about something. I can just talk to them about this stuff. When when you click on the link for Other Worlds, there's like like you said, Vincent. There's this game is not air quotes new. This has been around for a while, so there's still plenty of resources and stuff if you want to check it out and get it and start getting your feet wet before this Kickstarter actually uh, before it drops. You totally can. In fact, I was, I was looking at it. I was like, you know, we, we usually do a, a review of different uh, quick start games. And I was like, Hmm, there is that other world zero. That's true. Contemplating. Yeah. Contemplating if we want to do a, uh, that is, that that is, uh, that would be what you would, you'd be looking for for sure. We did a uh, Twitch stream uh, running that same adventure that you can find in Other World Zero. So if anyone's uh, listening that wants oh, cool. to check out what that uh, uh, quick start's all about, Other World Zero, you can actually check out the adventure and how I ran it. Um, and you can see, and we actually ran it uh, for new players. Uh, I think not everyone playing was a new player, but at least two players were brand new, had never played before. Uh, so you get to see me teach them how to play the game as well as some people that played it a few times before, uh, but not the other players had not played it a ton. They had only played it a little bit. Uh, and you could see how easily they grasped and got a hold of it. And the new players, on top of that, I don't think had ever really played a tabletop RPG before. Uh, so they were brand spanking oh, wow. new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh, these wow. are definitely okay. very inexperienced people, but you could see us having a blast and having a really fun time with it. Before we kind of wrap this up and I, and we let, let Vincent off into his back over to his uh, vindicated entertainment domain, we have, let's see, uh, Toast is over here and Toast has got some a couple of questions, I think, or, or a question that he wants to ask. Toast is our, our he's the cobalt that uh, purportedly edits... Uh, our show from time to time <laughs> well i welcome toast with open arms all right let's see all right toast get in here hey hey vincent how's it going it's going pretty good how are you doing toast ah uh, yeah it's okay okay a very important question 
What are you guys vindicating over there at Vindicated, Vindicated Entertainment? Well, that is a very important question, and I'm happy that you asked. So we are vindicating life itself because we are making it known that the games that we create, the content we create, it's justified. You know, people try to hold us back, tell us that we uh, we don't know what we're doing. Uh, we'll never be successful. We should give up. We've heard all these things. People just emanating uh, negative aura and energy our way, and we're saying nope. Uh, to heck with that. We are vindicated. We are justified. We're here to make a statement. We're here to have fun. We're here to play games. We're here to create positivity. We're here to have fun, have friends, uh, share love, and just uh, have a good time. So that's what vindicated is about. That's what vindicated uh, means. That's what it stands for. And I really appreciate the question. Oh, okay. Wow. That was a lot more well thought out than I, I was expecting. Um, uh, Follow-up question. What is what would your, the theme song for for your uh, for vindicated entertainment be? Okay, so uh, as our vindicated meme song, it would be vindicated by Dashboard Confessional. But I don't want to listen to that song because it, it kind of drives me insane because it gets stuck in my head. Uh, if I had to go with uh, a legit answer, it's actually very very tough. Uh, there's a lot of music I love. Vindicated theme song, you know my. I bet my friends would, would definitely be able to come up with this easier. I love music, uh, and I listen to a lot of music, but I'm not sure a lot of it fits. And uh, most of it's probably stuff that my friends don't exactly uh, like as much as I do. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Stargazer by Bloodstained Child. Don't let the name fool you. I know Bloodstained Child sounds like a very weird and strange name because it is, but it's, it's, it's a really cool band. It's like a melodic metal band. Stargazer is all about how... All about how your eyes see things differently and see things through a lens and perspective that other people don't see in the world and about, you know, kind of rising above challenges and accomplishing your mission. So I, I'm going to go with Stargazer is is our theme song. I'll have to check that out. Okay. Yeah, I actually had a note here. 2004 Spider-Man 2 Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> so that's what I, yeah so i'm actually so you said it and i was like oh yeah <laughs> yep. same page neither yeah. of, neither of us want to listen to that song though but uh. it was okay like 15 years ago but uh, we should leave it there i think that's all i got so i'm gonna i'm gonna get back out of here all right see you have a nice day Whew, okay yeah so that's what happens when uh when we let toast ask questions yeah Fr mm. Very friendly. I, uh, very friendly cobalt. <laughs> yeah. To some people. Um, so anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks. Thanks for uh, uh, humoring us for a lot of that stuff, Vincent. Once again, I, I do want to thank our guest, uh, Vincent Baker from Vindicated Entertainment, uh, coming on our show and talking about other worlds. Uh, listeners, do you want to? check that check out the there's a kickstarter for that that's going to be coming out we're going to say around the middle of june kickstarter being what it is yep yep uh so if if our listeners want to keep in touch and 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 want to keep their thumb on the pulse of vindicated entertainment what is the best way for them to do that honestly if you go to vindicatedentertainment.com there's links to our different social media pages uh to our discord uh, the number one best place is the Discord, but I know that Discord's not for everyone. But then again, no social media is. Mm -hmm. uh, so like I said, you can follow us right, wherever right. you want. Um, but I will just say that Discord is like you're guaranteed to see what's going on. You can ask questions. You can talk about things. We also have it open to different discussions for television, movies, anime, video games. And so it's uh, there's a wide breadth of what you can talk about. It's not strictly vindicated, but there is uh, vindicated you know, specific things in there as well. Um, there's also Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Um, I, I don't use Twitter that much for Vindicated, but if that's the only way that you'll follow, then go ahead and do that and you'll still see some stuff. Um, but yeah, just reach out however uh, you prefer and uh, we'll be sure to update you. Well, again, awesome. And thank you very much, Vincent. It was good. It was a pleasure having you on next time. Let's not wait um, five plus years to have you back on again. I I agree. It was a lot of fun. Happy to be here. I had a really good time doing this. So I thank you so much for having me on. Um, it was a lot of fun. Like, yeah, I just had a really good time. And uh, I, I was way less nervous this time than I probably was five years ago. <laughs> so I'm happy about that. And uh, yeah, I'd love to definitely come back on sooner. So thank you so much for having me. <laughs> 
strong Cause I got your number I'll call you all the time Area code 8034704439 The following game reviews were submitted by attendees at Scared Gaming Convention. Boom! Bang! Gold! Reviewed by Kyle. The good. Kid-centric, fun physical components with tossing dynamite. The bad. Simple game, not for really for adults. Other. Very inventive and unique. Recommend? Yes. Buy? No. Boom! Bang! Gold. Reviewed by Noel. The good. Fun mechanics with throwing dynamite. Very interactive. The bad. Simple. More for kids. Other. Better quality components and version for adult players would be neat. Recommend? No. Buy? No. Gizmos. Reviewed by Jennifer. The good. Great engine building potential. The bad. Marbles go everywhere and are easy to drop. Other. As you get more gizmos, it gets harder to keep up with them all. Recommend, yes. Buy, yes. Gizmos, reviewed by Anthony. The good, very fun engine builder style game. Easy to understand icons. The bad, can be easy to lose track of various combos on your play area. Other, marbles are difficult to pick up and they are slippery. Recommend, yes. Buy, yes. Gizmos, reviewed by Dean. The good. Fun, simple game that gets more complex as you play. The bad. It can be a bit slow. That's about it. No other. Recommend. Yes. Buy. Yes. <laughs> Lords of Waterdeep. Reviewed by DK. The good. Play is straightforward. The worker placement works for all levels of players. The bad. Setup takes a long time. Other. None. Recommend? Yes. Buy? Yes. Shogunite. Reviewed by Jennifer. The good. I like that Hamato leader who doesn't participate but just chooses. The bad. Confusing rule book. Other. Beautiful art. Recommend? Yes. Buy? Maybe. Shogunite. Reviewed by Anthony. The good. Artwork is great. The bad. Confusing rule book. Takes a few plays to get used to it. Other. Better with three or more players. Recommend? Maybe. Buy? Maybe. Podcast at gmail.com that's the end of the Swarmcast Pack, this episode, you know. You should like and subscribe to us wherever we do go. Cause it's gonna be the future soon, and I won't always be this way. When the things that make me weak and strange get engineered away. It's gonna be the future soon, I've never seen it quite so clear. And when my heart is breaking, I can close my eyes and it's already here. That's right, that's the end of the Swarmcast episode. Hooray, we made it. Special thanks to Vincent Baker for coming on and talking to us about other worlds. Check out that Kickstarter, June 15th. Hey, go and like and subscribe to us on uh, Podbean, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, wherever you want to find us. We're actually on Amazon Podcasts, or if you have an Amazon Music, check us out there. And any, any day now, we're going to be showing up on Spotify. Don't get us confused with those Iowa Hawkeyes guys. In fact, if you find them, you should email them and say, hey, what? I'm almost... All right, I'm wrapping this up. Talk to you guys later. <laughs>
by someone Someone who will come and solve all their problems No one wants to crash and burn and learn their lesson Just tell them where to put the blame and don't ask questions Someone else to follow